in partnership with RFN Studios, this is the Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Yakima. Christian Fellowship of Yakima. My name is Dusty Aronson. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, we're in our fourth week of talking about how we, as followers of Jesus, uh, respond to times of trouble. I've found a lot of comfort in the books The Lord of the Rings. Um, When Tolkien was writing them, it was after World War II, and um, things were kind of bleak. They were, they were in real struggle. And so um, one of who I believe is probably the main hero of the story, Samwise Gamgee, says this to Frodo. I know. It's all wrong. By rights, we shouldn't even be here. But we are. It's like in all the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out all the clearer. There were those stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too all small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back. Only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. And we have to keep going. We have to hold on. This shadow, this darkness will pass. And we have to keep holding on to hope. There's this great quote by Henry Nguyen. Hope is willing to leave unanswered, questions unanswered, and unknown futures unknown. Hope makes you see God's guiding hand. And not only in the gentle and pleasant moments, but also in the shadows of disappointment and darkness. We have to hold on to hope. We have to keep hope strong. We have to keep hope alive. It's, it's so easy to just give in to despair and pain, especially, you know, I, for myself, I'm, I'm a bit of an empath. I just, I can usually sense and feel what, what other people are feeling. And, you know, I have to be honest, sometimes it's overwhelming. There's just so much hurt. There's, there's so much pain right now. But hope keeps me going. Hope keeps me strong. Hope keeps me moving forward. Hope that God's got this, that that he's ultimately in control, that that the Lord is still on the throne. And so I can place my hope in him. 
In the 4th century, the plague of Justinian, which was from 541 to 542 AD, it was a pandemic that afflicted the Byzantine, the Eastern Roman Empire, and especially in its capital, Constantinople. Some historians believe that the plague of Justinian was one of the deadliest pandemics in history, resulting in the deaths of an estimated 25 to 100 million people. My hope and prayer would be that we would be like the Christians that the Roman scholar Eusebius of Caesarea described from that time in the pandemic. The Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips, and they glorified the God of the Christians. See, Jesus was lifted up. The name of Christ was lifted up because of how the Christians responded during this time of pandemic. I I hope that that's us. I hope that when people talk about the COVID-19 virus of 2020, that they would say that the Christians stepped up and stepped in and that their deeds lifted up the name of Jesus. Let that be us. Richard Foster says this in his book, The Celebration of Discipline. Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. This doctrine of instant satisfaction, it's permeated our American culture. We want everything now, yesterday. Why can't I do what I want, when I want, how I want, and everyone else, just, you're on your own. Good luck to you. I need to get mine. I need to just do it. I've got to have my instant satisfaction. We need deep people who know how to wait. We need deep people who know how to plumb the depths of this human experience that we've been given by God. We need people who are willing to press in and press onward and go deep into their hearts and minds and deep into the depths of God and who he is and what he has for us. That's what we need. In Matthew 26, Jesus goes to the garden, the garden of Gethsemane. And many of us know this story. Jesus felt pain. He felt heartache there. I wanted to read a section from this. Then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the oil press. He told them, sit here while I go and pray over there. He took Peter, Jacob, and John with him. However, an intense feeling of great sorrow plunged his soul into deep sorrow and agony. And he said to them, My heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I, you know, Jesus, um, he gets this. A lot of us are, 
um, are, are wrestling this with us as well. And, uh, and sometimes the, uh, the grief is so, um, sometimes I'm, I apologize. Sometimes the grief is so overwhelming. It, it, you know, it almost feels like death. Um, and it's, you know what? It's okay. Um, if it was, if it was okay for Jesus to feel this way and the struggle, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's okay for us uh, to struggle. You know, I'll, there's times when I'm doing all right. And then, um, then there's times when I'm just not okay. Um, uh, and I don't know why that scripture just like nailed me, but it nailed me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, Jesus went on to say, he said, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I'm dying. Jesus asked his disciples, stay here and keep watch with me. And then he walked a short distance away. And overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground and prayed, my father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. Yet what I want is not important. For I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. Would it, that we could say that same prayer? All of us want this to end. None of us want to see the daily death counts. None of us want what's happening in our world. We miss our people. We miss, we miss our family. We miss our friends, our normalcy. And it's, the grief is hard sometimes. And Jesus was saying this, my father, if there's any way you can deliver me from this suffering, please take it from me. And yet he ends how we should end. Yet what I want is not important for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. And God knew this day would come. God knew that this virus would occur. And his expectation for us is just like his expectation for Jesus, that we would step up and that we would fulfill his plan. And so can we do that? I think it was, I want to say it's a quote by John Wayne, where he talks about courage isn't the absence of fear. Rather, courage is taking your fear and charging into battle anyway in spite of our fear, in spite of our hurt. Real courage is stepping up, even in the midst of struggle. People in this time of crisis are trying to find refuge in something other than God, something in this world, something that they can count on, at least that they believe uh, that they can count on to get them through this present crisis. But the Bible warns us repeatedly against trying to find security and refuge in something other than God. Isaiah 58, 11 says this, the Lord 
will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Isaiah 58, the whole chapter, is kind of my life chapter. I, it was, I felt like God gave it to me when I was a young man, probably 13, 14 years old. And I felt like God really highlighted that and said, this is how you're to be. This, what this chapter describes is, is who you are to be. And so I always, I often go back to Isaiah 58 for comfort. I take comfort that the Lord says he'll guide me. That even in sun-scorched, empty, desolate land, he'll strengthen me. That I can be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail, even in the midst of drought. I want to end with this. Um, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Uh, this prayer is by the Catholic theologian Thomas Merton. Um, he wrote it in his writings from his called his Thoughts in Solitude. And I'd like you to just take a moment and pray this prayer with me. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road. Though I may know nothing about it, therefore I will trust you, always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear. For you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. It was written by Thomas Merton, called His Thoughts in Solitude. It's my encouragement to you today is to do everything that you can in this time and in this moment to put yourself dead center in the will of God. Some of what Merton is saying here is echoed of Christ's time in Gethsemane, where he's telling God, not my will, but yours, Father, be done. Seek the will of God in this time. Let your ears be open to the Holy Spirit in this time. It's okay to grieve. <laughs> in the, uh, the immortal word, words of uh, Michael Stipe from REM, uh, everybody hurts sometimes. And that's okay. You have permission. If Jesus can hurt, if Jesus can grieve, as he says, even unto the point of death, it's okay for us too. It's okay. But Jesus still had a mission to do. And he still had a purpose. And so do you and so do I. We've still got a job to do. God's kingdom has to be advanced. And in this time and in this place and in this season, we have a unique opportunity to let others know about the goodness that is Jesus Christ. About God's love for them and care for them. And can we, like the people, like the Christians of the fourth century, 
be those people who others talk about how we showed love and how we showed care and how we brought peace to those who were hurting and the name of Jesus would be lifted up because of our actions. May God bless all of you. Have an amazing Sunday. And may the Lord Jesus show his grace and mercy and hope to a world that desperately needs it. God bless you.